The subtle art of not giving a F. Yes, that is what my son and I, Ismail, will be talking about on this second episode of season three of Real Reading Talk. Make sure you stay tuned because this one right here is going to be a banger. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Real Reading Talk. I am your most gracious host, Miss Sasha. And with Real Reading Talk, I discuss the real systemic issues that are at the very core, the very foundation as to why there are low levels of literacy in the black community and the ways in which we can combat these issues together. I hope that everyone is doing fantastic. I am so grateful for, uh, to you all for joining me in this episode. My old heads, you know I appreciate y'all tremendously. And of course, my new people as well. Thank you for rocking with me. And I hope always, always that not only do you enjoy these episodes, that you gain much benefit from these episodes as well, all right? Because it's not just talking about the problems. We are definitely dedicated to talking about the solutions. So with all that being said, y'all, I am so excited about this episode because this one right here, you talk about real reading talk. This is some real reading talk for your ears, all right? I am going to be talking to my awesome son, he is, uh, this is his first, excuse me, not his first time, as I was about to say, it's, it's not his first time. <laughs> this is not his first time on my podcast. And this time we are going to be discussing a book that we both have read, all right? And actually, this is a book that he had recommended reading. Okay, um, you know, he had recommended this book last year, and when he talked about wanting to read this book, I immediately ordered some copies for him, for myself, as well as my uh, oldest daughter. And so, you know, he finally uh, finished the book, and, um, you know, I read the book, obviously, as well. And so we are ready to delve into this conversation, all right? So the title of this book is the subtle art of not giving a F, okay? And of course, this is a family show, just like I told my son. Uh, this is a family show, so I'm not going to say the word. We're not going to say the word, all right? But um, the rest of the title actually is a counterintuitive approach to living a good life. And this was written by Mark Manson, and this is actually uh, considered this is a New York Times and Globe and Mail bestseller, all of that great stuff, right? So we got all the little accolades, all the awards, all of that stuff. And I am, again, about to want to introduce to you all my son. Well, I'm going to let him go ahead and say his name and, you know, talk a little bit about himself. And then we're just going to get right started into the conversation. All right, here we go. All right, my name is Ismail Abdullah. I am 19 years old. I um, I just am trying to like figure out how to take over the world, pretty much. And uh, once once again, I definitely uh, will do that for sure. Okay. Um, what does that 
we we about to just delve right on in. Son, what does that mean? Explain to the people when you say you ready to you gonna take over the world. What does that mean? Well, not like how other people do it. Like you know, what I'm saying they say um, they say dream. They say dream big. Like I definitely like am dreaming big, but I'm not, I don't I don't just want to dream. People, some people like you know, what I'm saying they just it just stays in the dream format. Like I just want to put like you know, what I'm saying the things that I want to do into action, like no matter how silly it may seem or whatever and stuff like that, it sounds cliche and I, I know that and trust me, like I, I tell myself that sometimes, but at the end of the day, if if the um if you can get past your own thoughts or whatever, you know what I'm saying, then you'll you can like make a lot of progress and stuff like that. And um I kinda don't know what I'm talking about, but I just know that I want to take over the world is what I'm saying. Well, we again, you know, we appreciate your honesty because this is real reading talk, right? And uh, I'm so glad that you were honest because you, you kind of lost me at the last part. So I'm glad that you clarified that, yeah, you didn't know what you were talking about in, in that in that moment. However, you know you have dreams. You know that you have to get out of your own way, which we've had this conversation before. When we talked before, actually, on our episode, I think we touched upon that, right? that aspect of, you know, getting out of your own way. What does that mean? You know what you want to do. You know what you desire to do. You know what goals you want to achieve. However, you can actually self-sabotage by overthinking, by self-doubting, you know, try basically coming up with all types of excuses as to why you, are, you can't do this or why you're not able to do that, comparing yourself to other people. All right, being a perfectionist, somebody who feels like, okay, I have to make sure I'm doing everything right, and then what winds up happening, they wind up doing nothing at all. All right? So, and actually, that's a segue into this book. Uh, I'm, I'll, I'll go ahead and start there. You know, I'll start first, and then, you know, we'll just bounce off of each other. All right? You know, you start, you know, after I tell you um, about that aspect, the reason why in terms of the perfectionist uh, zone, um, what made me, um, one of the things that I really appreciated about this book was he talked about that in terms of the whole being a perfectionist, you know, somebody who uh, will feel like everything that they're doing or anything that they put their mind to doing, it has to be, everything has to line up, everything has to be so perfect. And then what happens is when you have that mindset, you pretty much, you don't do anything at all. And one of the things that I liked in this book, he talked about the uh, the do it, I think it's called either the just do it principle or the do it principle, whatever, one of the two. And actually, that came up on my Facebook feed yesterday, and I did a screenshot of it and sent it to my son. And I was like, I said, you know what? I said, look at this right here. I'm like, look at God, you know, right there, right? He literally, you know, that that, that page that when I had took that screen, that uh uh, you know, picture of that page uh, last year, all right, and that's what he talked about, the just do it principle, where you literally have to just go ahead and whatever it is that you have your mind into doing, go ahead and do it. And he gave the example about the man who was writing a book, and so he started off with writing a few, a few words on the page to, to he got to the point to where he found himself writing tons of words on the pages because he just did it. He was like, you know what, I'm not about to overthink. I'm about to do it. So that's something that I appreciate about the book. What you think, son? 
And I think that that's a good principle to have, like, because, like, honestly, I remember him talking about some things in the uh, the book. Like, he said, like, uh, there's people, so people would rather, you know, so they have an idea, they have a passion, they have a skill, and they always talk about what they're going to do instead of actually doing it. And because they'd rather be, say, if it's like a, a artist or whatever, they'd rather be um, the best, most skilled artist that's not known, you know what I'm saying, because no one can judge them because they don't know their work, than be, you know what I'm saying, possibly um, somebody who do, who puts their work out there and gets criticized for it because people, you know what I'm saying, judge them because it's, they realize, you know what I'm saying, they get feedback and stuff like that. They'd rather, you know what I'm saying, not get any feedback at all, you know what I'm saying, and not put it out into the world because they're so scared to fail, pretty much. So, like, that's why people, some people are scared to just do certain things, like, honestly. So, but, that, yeah, I, uh, that's a good principle. That, that is excellent. I'm glad you said that. I want you to actually, I don't know, uh, you can expound on some other points as well. I just wanted to just basically say I totally agree with that, and that's something that uh, a lot of people, you know, have that mindset, unfortunately, that, okay, you know what, I'm not going to do something because I fear the criticism. I fear that somebody is just going to just totally destroy my work. And again, it's just like what when, when I started off and talking about in terms of getting out of your own way, you know, not even worrying about what other people are saying, literally, you know, you have to get into that zone of not worrying about what other people think or say. That doesn't mean you go about just doing whatever and not caring, not having some type of empathy or, you know, you just go about, man, F people, I don't give a F, I'm heartless, like no, none of that, you know what I'm saying? But just operate in a space of, okay, you know what? You know, this is something that I see will be beneficial. This is a goal that I want to achieve. I thought it out, planned it out, and I'm going to go ahead and go for it and just do it, you know. And, and sometimes you may not have everything, and that's the thing that I like too, you know, in terms of just referencing again that whole do it principle. Sometimes you may not have all of your T's crossed and your I's dotted. You just may not. You know, you may be like, man, okay, I got a little blueprint, you know what I'm saying, or I got like a, a brainstorm, but you just throw yourself out there. And, and, hey, sometimes you have to do that. What what do you, what you say? I mean, of course, of course. Like, I mean, you got to, like, if, like, whatever, like, ideas that you have are, are useless if they're not put into action um, because that's what ideas are for. Like, you know, in order, they're – they're used to improve the world in some way. They're used to, like, help out, like, yourself, put yourself in a better position, put others around you in a better position, you know, makes, um, give, it, your ideas are used to give other people ideas as well, because one, people, people can piggyback off of ideas and, you know, saying, make it into something bigger, You like, you never know, if you just keep it to yourself, you're sc so scared of failure, like, you know, saying, that you just, you don't do nothing, so, like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Is, is there, can you think of, is there any examples like just on a personal level uh, that you can relate to in terms of that aspect, you know, that fear of failure? Have you ever experienced that on your own? Uh, I mean, definitely, of course. Mm -hmm. Like something that I was scared to do because I was scared I might fail at. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Uh, maybe like school, for instance, or like high school, stuff like that. Um, so like I, I dropped out. I was like scared that I'd fail. That's the reason why I um 
I even decided to, you know, not even go was because, like, you know what I'm saying, at, like, uh, 15 and stuff like that, I was scared. I went to this hard school and stuff like that. I was always told by, you know, some people that went there that it was, like, really, really hard and stuff like that or whatever. I was, and these were people that were, like, uh, that got better grades than me. I was, like, I didn't even get, I didn't even do well in school, so this would be extra hard for me. I was, like, yeah, I can't do this and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I guess that and, um, also, like, just a lot of things, like, a lot, a lot, a lot of things, honestly, yeah, mm-hmm. so, yeah. honestly, like, it's just, like, I was never, like, the type of person to really just, uh, uh, to, uh, try, like, and to take t- uh, too much action for real, for real, you know what I'm saying, like, uh, just wasn't really in me, to be honest, you know what I'm saying, like, at a young age and stuff like that, whatever, uh, but that's something I'm trying to build in myself now, like, I realize nobody can teach me that, nobody can show me that you know what i'm saying i have to show myself that so wow wow that that right there that speaks that speaks volumes and i appreciate it and i know we all appreciate uh your transparency with that you know they these are things in which a lot of our young people deal with and in fact of course you have people who are older who deal with that you know that aspect of like okay you know how what how do i go about doing this and as parents, you know, of course, me being his mom, I'm sitting up here, I'm like, man, you know, I'm thinking that with certain things, you know, I was able to uh, teach him and, you know, trying to show him, you know, courage or just trying to show him how to, you know, handle his business, even if it's not something, a verbal thing that I said, things that I've, you know, just done, you know, and continue to do as an example, you know, however, you know, you heard it from him. It's like, you know, you may think, you know, that you are showing your child certain things, but until they actually um, are able to show that they can apply it and until they're actually ready to be able to receive it and ready to be able to take the action steps on their own, then it's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? They have to have that mindset. We all have to have that mindset on our own to get to that point. So uh, I appreciate you on that. Now, Tell everybody about another aspect. You know, I want you to, you know, your turn. You know what I'm saying? I'm passing the ball to you. What is something you want to talk about in the book? Okay. Um, Something I want to talk about in the book. Um, Like, I got to think because, um, jeez, I, I, I got a bad memory. So, like, um, let's see. Come on. You're just, you know, we are. Uh, we gotta. You just finished uh, the book. I mean, yeah. I you know I can do this. How about I do this? Um, I I actually got, I got something actually. Oh, I got okay. something. <laughs> All right. I, I got something. So like so here's some about like uh, values basically kind of are what lead our lives and stuff like that. You know, um, and values like in order to uh, to value something, you have to reject something else. Um, that's why uh, it's it's hard for you it's hard for people to live a life of full of values if you accept everything you know what i'm saying like you can't just be accepting to uh just like gay people and stuff like that or you know uh and you know what i'm saying just like just everything you know what i'm saying and be like and accepting to like and, and call yourself like you know what I'm saying a religious person or something like that or you can't just you can't really do you can't accept everything and all that stuff uh because they say if you uh stand for nothing then you can like fall for anything pretty much, you know what I'm saying? So uh so just like having like 
good values and stuff like that is like what leads like a good life and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I kind of like gotta like put my thoughts together because I don't know exactly what to say. Besides that, but yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean that's 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 definitely a great point, you know. And and that again with this book, the subtle art of not giving a f, you know, if you just like you mentioned, you have certain core values, certain things that you like. No, these are non-negotiables based off of your religious beliefs. We'll, we'll take it there. Then that's something that you have to say, you know, um, listen, you know what I'm saying, standing on your square, all ten toes down. This is my belief. Does that mean that you go around bashing people? Does that mean that you go around saying, I hate your lifestyle? or I hate You don't have to do that. That's not even necessary. And that's not something actually that you need to do anyway. And even in our faith as being Muslim, that's not something you're supposed to do anyway. You know, you just simply say, okay, to you, your way, and to me, my way. And that's simply what it is, you know, so. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of remember. So he was saying, like, having values, like, that you cannot, having values that you are beyond your control, like, external, ha uh, have uh, external values or whatever, are uh, is a bad thing and like having internal values is like something that you can actually control so like if you value how other people view you then honestly you'll just live a miserable sad life you'll never ever live up to their expectations because there will always be somebody that will not like how you look but if you value honesty you can make that you know what I'm saying you can make that um you know what I'm saying a priority in your life you know what I'm saying to be honest you know what I'm saying to be always tell the truth or if you um uh, value make it a, a make it a point to value um being punctual or something like that you can make it a point to uh to always be on time that's something you can control but mm -hmm. if you value you know what i'm saying uh how much uh let's see how much money you make or something like that or whatever and you just work a job and stuff like that and um you know what i'm saying you really that's not it's really not in your control pretty much you know what i'm saying you'll keep being miserable because you know that you're going to be getting the same rate over and over again. That's like an external value and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. saying the internal values are the most important ones, you know what I'm saying? Just like. Uh, and just give an example again uh, of those internal values that you I know you said uh, honesty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, just being. Uh, oh, you said punctual. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. what else is another one? Come on. Mm -hmm. uh, let me think. I uh, mean, of course, you know, having being honest and integrity. You know, integrity. Those honest, type of loyal, loyalty. Mm -hmm. Loyalty, like just being loyal, just expressing that. Mm -hmm. um, you know what I'm saying? Just, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm saying? That, those things, again, you know, like I said, I appreciate in this book you, the, the level of honesty in terms of the things that he was talking about, uh, which lead, because really, if you think about it, that is the core you know, uh, that's one of the core values of being a human being, being able to be honest, all right, being able to operate in a space of integrity with dignity, you know, keeping your word, you know, our word, just like as people say, our word is bond, you know what I mean? So those are the types of things in which that we should always be striving to live our lives, you know what I'm saying, like, you know. So I wanted to um, actually – there was something I wanted to uh, make mention of because I'm just going off of the things that I, oh, here we go. This is something. This is in the chapter, You Are Always Choosing. 
when he talked about the fact of it's not your fault. However, it's what? It's your responsibility, which I love that. I do love that. I love that. Honestly, the offer, I don't know why I didn't think of that. I love that. I do. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Come on, wake, wake it up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and one of the things that I had circled, he said, they are not to blame for their problems and their hindrances, but they are still responsible, always responsible to move on despite their problems and to make the best choices they can given their circumstances. What say you, Ismael, because you're perked up when I start talking about it. I'm going to let you go ahead and handle this. Um, I just hate the idea of victimization, you know what I'm saying? Like, from, like, literally anybody, I will not name any groups. Like, I just, I don't want to do that because I would if this was my own show, but this is not, you know what I'm saying? But people would just victimize themselves so much to where they stay so stagnant. They, It's like you don't even need an oppressor anymore. You just need, you just have to oppress yourself because you're such a victim. You will, not, if you view yourself as that, you would just stay, that will be your position forever forever you know what i'm saying so basically i hate that you can be you can be literally like not in the wrong somebody can actually be doing you wrong and it's not your fault whatsoever it's your responsibility as a grown adult or maybe not even as a grown adult as a person with you know saying your own decisions your own free will your own morals your own values to deal with that situation accordingly because Honestly, like, you know what I'm saying, what this society is telling us to do is just to always blame somebody else for your own problems. Once you do that, you rely. You rely on other people or whatever to make you feel better, you know what I'm saying? You rely on other people and stuff like that to to fix the mess that you're in. It's not their mess, you know what I'm saying? Now, there's something called, you know what I'm saying, empathy and uh, and sympathy for other people. You can have that. That's not go- that's only going to do so much. It's up to you. It's really up to you, you know what I'm saying, to really, you know what I'm saying, come out of the situation in which you're in. You may be born there, you know what I'm saying? That's not your fault, you know what I'm saying? It's not your parents. It may not be your parents' fault either, but it's your responsibility to get you out of that situation. You know, make the best life for yourself possible. So I really, I, I, I like that, you know what I'm saying, a lot, you know what I'm saying? But it's a lot, something a lot of people like, you know what I'm saying? And the people don't like to hear it because... It does, like, it takes work, and obviously, you know what I'm saying, we all, you know, suffer from victimization, every single group, like, actually, you know what I'm saying, believe it or not, you know what I'm saying, they do it to themselves, though, you know, we do it to ourselves, you know, some people may be in more unfortunate situations than others, but honestly, if everybody has problems, though, like, you know what I'm saying, and at every level, there's problems, you know what I'm saying, if, like, say if uh, there's a rich person, you know what I'm saying, uh, for instance, say if they, they're something goes wrong in their life, you know, so that may seem minor to, to like, a starving person, you know, so somebody who would kill to have those type of problems. Those people that are rich, that were born rich and stuff like that, they, it's not, like I said, it's not their fault. This li- literally isn't their fault, you know what I'm saying? But it is their responsibility to understand that there's people that may have it worse than them, but then there's people that have it worse than them, you know what I'm saying, that have to understand that it's not, it may not be their fault, but it's their responsibility to get out of that situation. And with community, you can actually do that and stuff like that which is what we like too yeah all right i was talking a lot but like you know no, what i'm saying no, I I was like literally you know what i'm saying it's just that's really that's really it it's like it's just 
that's that's what it's like you know that's what uh, the government promotes whatever like victimization if we didn't have victimization there would be no need for government to be honest you know so like self-sustainability and stuff like that and uh being self-sufficient you know what I'm saying it's not something that's promoted it's always you know what I'm saying like like for instance the stimulus checks whatever you were like yeah now obviously yeah the people say yeah i was owed that which you you were and stuff like that it's at the end of the day, though, it's just like, you know what I'm saying, that's all people were relying. They were relying on the government instead of building something for themselves or whatever. Like, you know, people just are too reliant on other on other beings and other uh, systems and stuff like that because they're not taught to be strong individuals who can t- uh, who realize their problems. They're not they're taught to be weak individuals who are delusional and um, and who just are just not. Willing to do like what it takes, pretty much. Like so, you know, honestly, but I th- I think I was pretty weak and stuff like that. I'm trying to, you know, just get better and stuff like that, pretty stronger and stuff like that for sure. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to say this: two things. Number one, just because a person is saying, "Okay, look, you know, it's my responsibility," that does not mean you don't hold people accountable. That's number one. Um, because I think that's where sometimes people uh, miss the mark at, and this is real weed and talk, so I'm going to say in terms of give an example of what I'm talking about, that big R word that black people have been screaming about, especially um, as it pertains to voting, reparations. Reparations, as we know, is owed to us as black people, period, point blank. Anybody with common sense, anybody who knows and understands what has happened to black people? Yes. We have to hold people, organizations, this society accountable. When I say this society, I'm talking about those who enact the system of white supremacy, period, hands down. However, however, again, just like Ismail said, you still must be responsible for you. You still must take ownership for the things that you need to do in order to better your situation. In fact, it made me think about an ayah or a verse out of the Quran where Allah says he does not change a people's condition until they change that which is within themselves. What does that mean? That means that you have to make the initiative to change who you are. Whatever it is, whatever goals that you have, if you have a goal, if you like, hey, look, my goal this year is to lose 20 pounds, all right? That's your goal. Well, guess what? You got to do the necessary things in order to make that happen. So if you know you're the type of person you eat junk food all the time, guess what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to cut that loose. You're going to have to tame that. You said you have a goal, right? All right? So that means what? You can't let anything get in the way, stand in the way of your goal. You have to be the one to take the responsibility to say, I'm going to make these changes in my life. If you're the type of person, you know, okay, my goal is to buy a house in this upcoming year. And you know that you have to start budgeting. Guess what? You have to discipline yourself. You have to get in that mind frame. You have to go seek out whatever information you need to do in order to start saving to buy your home. So, again, accountability, responsibility. Accountability means what? Like I talked about before, you hold people accountable 
for what it is that they have to do. However, you got to take accountability for yourself, your actions, when you're trying to change or whatever it is that the necessary steps and things that you need to do to make those changes in your life. So again, it starts with self. So that's one of the things. And that's one of the things that attracted me. And I'm quite sure a lot of people, you know what I'm saying, are attracted to this book about, you know what I'm saying, it's another way of empowerment. Now, there are some things, and I and I can't remember um, right now in terms of what were some things that I, I didn't agree with, you know, because even when I, you know, whatever book I'm reading, it's not going to be every single thing that I'm going to agree with. But I'm just trying to just pick out, you know, certain things that, number one, that is goes in line, you know what I'm saying, with the title, you know what I'm saying, obviously, of the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F. You cannot worry. You cannot care about what other people think about you, especially when you know you're trying to be the best version of yourself. And so that's why, that's one of the things I appreciate about this book. I wanted to jump into this other part, and this is the uh, chapter on the importance of saying no. So I want, I want your, your take on this. He said, the difference between a healthy and an unhealthy relationship comes down to two things. How well, how well each person in the relationship accepts responsibility and this is the second thing now, the willingness of each person to both reject and be rejected by their partner. I was like, okay, so what does he mean? Okay, so anywhere there is an unhealthy or toxic relationship, there will be a poor and porous sense of responsibility on both sides. And there will be an inability to give and slash or receive rejection. Y'all hearing this, okay? Wherever there is a healthy and loving relationship, there will be clear boundaries between the two people and their values. And there will be an open avenue of giving and receiving rejection when necessary. I when I and it's so funny, when I when I put my little brackets and circles and I be underlining. That means that I really, really love those particular points. Those resonated with me. What say you, Ismael? What what you got to say to that? Well, of course, it's right. You know what I'm saying? Because, like I said, it kind of goes back to what I was trying to say earlier about how, like, in order to, when you value something, you have to, like, uh, reject other things. You know what I'm saying? If you value, you know what I'm saying, your relationship, you can't, you have to reject anything that doesn't, you know what I'm saying, help it help your relationship you have to reject it and if your a partner significant other brings something into that relationship which doesn't value that relationship you will reject it by all means you you definitely do that and if you bring something into that relationship which is not you know help the relationship then they reject it by all means because you have to have like rules to stick to you know what i'm saying Un unwritten rules or or written you know what i'm saying like you you know how th when you get married and stuff like that they say um, I will love this person in sickness and in health and blah, blah, blah. You have to, if they, if they break any of those rules, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you have to let them know. You have to be upfront, you know what I'm saying? That's why like a lot of marriages, 50%, a lot 50% of marriages end up in divorce race in the United States because people aren't willing to reject, you know what I'm saying? Their partners, you know what I'm saying? Ideas or values that they're bringing into the relationship. Because if you start off the relationship, you have to start off a relationship, which, I mean, I've never been in one, you know what I'm saying, not like that, you know what I'm saying? But I just know this, you know what I'm saying, from relationships in general, you know what I'm saying, any relationship, actually, 
you have to reject you know some something that does not support the core values of the relationship because if those support those core uh, values of the relationship aren't um being supported you know what I'm saying then there is no relationship you know what I'm saying right you know what I'm saying if i have a relationship with somebody that um we our relationship is based based upon like a business relationship for right right and then we stop talking about business we stop uh, you know what I'm saying, doing business, stuff like that, and that was solely the relationship, what the whole purpose of it was for, if we, like, uh, you know, s veer away from those, the core values, you know what I'm saying, then there is no point in having a relationship, I'm looking like, why am I even, like, talking to this person, you know what I'm not to say I was using them, but it was a beneficial, mutual relationship, you know what I'm saying, um, so, yeah, pretty much, I think that's really, really important, you know what I'm saying, saying no is important, because, um, it's just really, it's health, it's super healthy, you know, to be rejected because it like it builds like I mean not uh, this is not the main po point but it builds resilience for one you know what I'm saying and then also too it helps people it helps people get like you know have like boundaries and know exactly like if if they do something similar you know what I'm saying um to what they did that was wrong then they'll know they'll think twice before doing it and stuff like that and then it makes you respect that person more because you're like you're not just saying yes to everything I do. If you if you're too agreeable, you can't be trusted, honestly, you know what I'm saying? Because like if you're too you're too agreeable, you don't care what somebody does, somebody that you claim that you love, you don't care what they do. Like you just going to say yes to everything, you know what I'm saying? Why would, why on earth would you do that? Like, you know what I'm saying? That's do you even care about them? Like, what do they say? Oh, you know, um, I just want to uh, go freaking run in the middle of the street and just stand there and get hit by a car. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, just go ahead and do that. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I love you. But I love you, though. But, you know what I'm saying? You don't. Because, like, if you really did, you would tell them uh, You would tell them not to participate in something so stupid, you know what I'm saying, which they can da endanger their life. It's like, like really that's how it is life and death like in in relationships and stuff like that any relationship that's why you have to be upfront with people they may get mad even if there's a relationship right so where it's like lots of people in the group right you know what i'm saying your friendship and if you tell somebody no you know what i'm saying or you don't agree with somebody you know what i'm saying you t you tell them something based off of the relationship uh the, the values of the relationship you tell them that it's going against it and then everybody's like, ah, just because everybody says that it's wrong, that that you're being rude or unfair does not make that to be true. Just because everybody says it, you know, people follow what other people do and stuff like that. Monkey see, monkey do and stuff like that. But you're just trying to hold people accountable because you actually care about them. You know what I'm saying? That's so saying no is really important. Rejecting, super important. So I got to get better at myself. But like y'all need to get better at it, too, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, that's, I mean, you, you summed it up well, and that's something, um, and I'll say this, because obviously, you know, I'm, I'm not married anymore, but I was married uh, for a significant amount of time uh, to uh, Ismail's father, to, you know, and of course his siblings as well, uh, father, and one of the things that, um, in terms of a marriage, one of the key things that you should do, I would highly, highly recommend, and a lot of people understand this, getting the premarital counseling. Getting the premarital counseling because a lot of what Ismail said, a lot of those things can be discussed prior the marriage so that then you can find out about this particular person in terms of, okay, you know, are they somebody who respects boundaries? Okay, there are ways in which you can find these things out without, you know, 
doing the whole, uh, you know, plain marriage before you actually being married. You know what I'm saying? So you can actually find these things out uh, from a person in terms of what type of, you know, how do, how do they operate? Are they the type of, are they a manipulative type of person? You know, are they somebody who feels like everything has to be their way? You know, um, you just like sometimes, you know, and just being a woman, I understand, you know, you feel like, okay, you know what? He, I want him to spoil me. I want him to cater to me. There's nothing wrong with a man loving on you. And, of course, in fact, that's a beautiful thing when you have a man who, who dotes on you, right? You know what I'm saying? He, he's like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm really feeling her digging her. But it shouldn't be to the point to where he is just negating who he is. He should not be putting his values to the side. He should not risk his non-negotiables just for you. That's not how it works. And that's the thing that I like that he's talking about in this book. That's a healthy relationship, healthy boundaries. Like, no, you know, like for, I'll give you an example. I was listening, I was on uh, Facebook, and it's this one brother, uh, his name is uh, Imam Shadid. And he had gave an example about how he was talking about this very subject, having healthy boundaries. And so he gave the example of someone going, and this is a married couple, so that, mar that, that spouse going to pick up their spouse's phone and start looking through their phone, okay? Now, he made it clear. He was like, no, I don't agree with that. You know what I'm saying? Just because that's your spouse, you don't just go pick up their phone and then start looking through their phone. But I'm going to say this. You have some people, and in particular women, and this is something that I've seen more so from women, you have some women who feel like, well, I mean, it shouldn't be no issue, right? You know what I'm saying? He ain't got nothing to hide, so why can't I go pick up his phone, you know what I'm saying, and, you know, look through his phone? No, I don't agree with that. Now, I'll say this also, and you will find this out before the marriage. If y'all two agree on that, if that's how y'all two want to operate you all's relationship, where he pick up your phone, you pick up his phone, you check his email, he checks yours, you got his password to check this, and you know what I'm saying? Unless it's a reason, like for example, may, maybe you have a situation where somebody has a disability, okay? You know, maybe somebody, you know, they need assistance. Like say, for example, if somebody, you know what I'm saying, is blind, and they need that help, you know what I'm saying? So they do have their spouse who has to like look at certain things, obviously read for them. That's different. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about those instances. I'm talking about the fact of people feel entitled. Oh, I mean what? You know what I'm saying? I, I should know your password. I can, what you got to hide? No, why don't you trust me? Because that's usually what happens in a toxic relationship. Toxicity means that there's a lack of trust somewhere. And it didn't start with the relationship, trust and believe. And I know this speaking on a personal level. The trust lacked due to your childhood experiences. That's where that stuff came from. You didn't trust, your, that trust factor was not developed for whatever reason. Maybe you got, maybe there was a lot of uh, ways in which you got let down from your parents. You know, maybe there was a thing where you always was being accused of stuff. So you always was on edge. You always, you know, didn't feel like you can, you know what I'm saying, relax or whatever the case may be. And so that always made you kind of hypersensitive to stuff. And so then in turn, that whole thing, that aspect of how that stuff was put on you, you projected it onto other people because that's what was put on you. 
all right? So, again, like I said, you know, one thing, uh, another aspect that I appreciate about this book is the aspect of self-awareness. Ooh, ooh, which leads me to the next topic, all right? And we'll, we'll kind of sum this up. I'll, we can, you know, unless you have uh, some other things that you can think about is, you know what I'm saying, we can, like, end with this, that self-awareness piece. We talked about this. I had brought this up to my son um, before we started talking, all right? He called it the self-awareness onion, all right? And the self-awareness onion, simply put, just like, you know, with an onion, an onion has layers. And he talked about when you have the layers, the self-awareness onion, and you start peeling, peeling back those layers. And he mentioned that what happens when you're a person who is being aware of the things that you're doing and you're trying to heal, you're trying to be better, he said that you find yourself crying at inappropriate times. And I thought that was like, that, that resonated deep for me. That actually happened to me, I want to say last week, where I was in my room and I was thinking about something and literally I just started welling up and I started crying because it was real. It was real for me, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, but I just, I embraced it. I stayed in that moment. I'm like, this is what I needed to do. Why? Because I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to be the best version of myself. And so I would like for you to, you know, I, I didn't talk for at least about a good five minutes on that subject. <laughs> what you want to say to that, Ismael? Did you want to add anything? Even from the last part, I don't know if you wanted to add something to that or. Oh, wait, what, what was the, what was the social, um, self-awareness so, uh, mm -hmm. on you? Like, what, mm -hmm. was it like any, like specific thing that he said about it or whatever? Or yeah, whatever? he just, yeah, well, that was the first, oh, here it is right here, bam, the self-awareness onion. This is um, the value of suffering. That's this chapter. And so he says self-awareness is like an onion. He said there are multiple layers to it, and the more you peel them back, the more likely you're going to start crying at inappropriate times. He said let's say the, the first layer of the self-awareness onion is a simple understanding of one's emotions. This is when I feel happy. This makes me feel sad. This gives me hope. Unfortunately, there are many people who suck at even the most basic level of self-awareness. I know because I'm one of them. I appreciate that about his this book. He always re referencing himself. You know what I'm saying? He says, my wife and I sometimes have a fun back and forth that goes something like this. He said, her, this is her. What's wrong? Me. Nothing's wrong. Nothing at all. Her. No, something's wrong. Tell me me i'm fine really her are you sure you look upset me with nervous laughter <laughs> really <laughs> no i'm okay <laughs> seriously 30 minutes later me and that's why i'm so effing pissed off he just acts as if i don't exist half the time yeah what you say what what, what do you have to uh, say to that in that little you know interaction like i mean the, that interaction i mean yeah sometimes you don't like since you don't see yourself like you know sometimes people like look at your face and they could tell like when you're happy when you like why are you smiling it's like that or why why are you frowning it's like that you can't see yourself frowning or smiling and sometimes you just might not even notice you might not even really you might be so in the moment or it's like that thinking about something you didn't even realize that you were so it's like it's kind of hard to like identify sometimes like it can be kind of hard to identify 
when you're feeling a certain way or whatever or like or just like why you are because you you're not uh you can only view your life from your own perspective and uh yeah some some people recognize your uh what like you know saying your emotions like before you and stuff like that so like yeah and it takes you a minute it sometimes it takes people a minute like you know since uh to like process you know why they're even you know saying mad or or sad or happy so like that so yeah that's this is again this is real reading talk you know and and this is this right here uh you know books like this i definitely appreciate because it literally challenges you it challenges you to take a look at yourself and really ask yourself okay you know how can i be better am i doing things just to please other people am i doing things just to get the cheers, the accolades, the pats on the back. You know, what is my purpose? You know, what 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 things have happened to me in my life that's making me act like this? Why am I socially awkward? Why do I have anxiety? Why do I act uh, like, oh my God, you know what I'm saying? You know, get so upset about stuff so easily. Why 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 do I feel depressed all of a sudden? Why when this particular person came in the room? my stomach start getting in, into knots. I start feeling, you know what I'm saying, like worried. These are the things in which, again, the subtle art of not giving a F, he really deals with these particular issues. You know, he's addressing those, getting to the core of how we are as human beings, real life stuff that we actually deal with. So that, number one, we can start being more self-aware. We can start looking at ourselves in authentic ways because that's what it's about. That's one of, one of the things that I got from this book, and, you know, you let me know in, in one key word how do you feel as well, but authenticity. You know what I'm saying? And this is, you know, you know this is somebody, you know, this is a, a white male grew, grew up in a different, you know what I'm saying, type of family structure than I did. You know what I'm saying? In a, in a different way than I'm raising my children. You know, but however, just that human component of what we all deal with in terms of, um, you know, making sure that we are living in our purpose, making sure that we are doing things that's going to take us to that higher level and not be in a, a, in a place where we're always worried about what other people think, being people pleasers. So... What's the you? Am I putting you to sleep, son? Oh, okay. Yeah, hey, y'all. He looking like he uh he dozing off. That's that's what I'm. <laughs> well, we we are we are definitely about to get ready to end. My son did. He worked very hard. I just want to, you know, what I'm saying pump pump him up. You know what I'm saying? He's been out there hustling, doing his thing. So, uh, but I definitely want you to you know chime in on this last part. So what? If you could sum it up in one word or a few words or, you know, whatever, what would you say about this book? How it affected you? Um, it just, like, allowed me to just uh, really, like, reevaluate my values and also, like, you know what I'm saying, like, what times that I would get, like, uh, mad and stuff like that, I would have to wonder, like, why, you know? I would get like, why am I getting mad? And then it will always, you know, come back to like what my values are pretty much. And uh, it helped me like understand that. 
also like helped me um pretty much just know that a lot of things in my life are not in my control and aren't some things are will not be my fault but ultimately it's always my responsibility because there's nobody living my life for me like i'm just literally doing this stuff myself um so i have to basically just under I, I keep that in the back of my mind at all times and also pretty much just like you know uh, once you he also reminded me in the book that if you're too um too scared to live pretty much then you you die you know you die you pretty much like you're you're dead you're you're pretty much dead at that point so you can't be too scared to live and to do things and to try new things and also it's taught me that commitment is like you know is also a great thing you know what I'm saying because pretty much when you're committed to something like you know you're um like you reject a lot of things and stuff like that that are not good for you like in that commitment and stuff like that so like uh and uh, so it's just like it's just a good book we appreciate that that's that's real this is real reading talk we and you would highly recommend people read this book oh uh, yeah i say so yep should read it okay all right well i concur uh with my son as well uh make sure that you uh, tr- uh get a copy of this book you know you can obviously you just go to the library if you're not you know ready to buy it yet just check it on library and they probably I, I, oh yeah i'm quite sure it's on audible you know what I'm yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So with all of that being said, I enjoyed this conversation with my son and I'm glad that you all were here uh for it all. Uh this is real reading talk. This is the authentic uh place where you can get uh realness, all right? You can get, you know, us being ourselves, okay? When I have my guests on here, they are coming with their experiences, their thoughts you know, their way of communicating, and that's what I want here, all right? And again, you know, we are focusing on making sure that we are getting our people back into the mindset of putting reading high on our value ladders. That's something that I believe that should be at our core, you know, um, as in the black community. This is something that we've always treasured, you know, we've treasured these conversations, having conversations, dialoguing with your family, with your elders, with your children, all right? And it's centered around something dealing with literacy, and I think this is fabulous. So I'm definitely glad my son was here and uh, wanted to talk with me, even though he was, sometimes I was kind of looking, I'm like, wait a minute, he all right? You know what I'm saying? Is he, is he, am I putting him to sleep, y'all? You know what I mean? So, but that's all right. Who cares? You know, <laughs> I wanted to. <laughs> so I was, I'm just like, I don't know. I just like literally, uh, I've been like this for the past like couple of days and stuff like that. Like, I don't know, just been like, yeah. It's all right. It, you look, we good. You know what I'm saying? It's it's all good for real. You know what I mean? Um, I'm glad we did the podcast again, and uh, I'm glad you all listened. So with that being said, thank you all for joining us for another episode of Real Reading Talk. My name is Nasasha. My guest today was my son, Ismail, and make sure that you all please get a copy of this book, y'all, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F, and please continue to implement 
30 minutes a day of reading in your schedule. And don't forget, y'all, reading. Reading is freedom. I keep kissing the microphone. Reading is freedom. What did I tell you all? That show right there was just absolutely uh, phenomenal. I loved it because I got a chance to talk to my son again uh, um, on the podcast. And, you know, we were talking about something that I believe a lot of people struggle with, which is that whole notion of people pleasing. And in that book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F, that's why I think that book uh, resonates so well with folks because you start to develop the mindset of not worrying about what other people think, staying in your lane, whatever it is that you need to address, whatever it is that you need to speak up about, deal with, then you do that and not worry about and get so caught up in what somebody else is going to think how they're going to react and of course again like we talked about it's not just you just spouting off whatever you want and you know having that mindset no that's not what that means you know that's not the message I believe uh, that anybody should take away after reading that book you know but it's the mentality of whatever things that I need to address and I have my evidence, I have my uh, things to back up what I'm saying, then I'm going to do that. And so that's why I know it really set well with me. So, um, and also, um, you know, my son, as you all saw, it was like when it came to certain topics, he really perked up. All right. He got excited. It was like, okay, yeah, you know, I, ha I had to, I had to, uh, uh, you know, get his mind going a little bit about uh, the book and everything. But the moment I started bringing up certain things, then it was like he was just running with it. So I appreciated that aspect um, of our podcast. So with all of that being said, of course, I have to let you all know about a few things. The uh, first thing is that I am a pre-K through fourth grade reading tutor. And the name of my reading tutoring business is ABC Learn Tutoring. And if your child is dealing, struggling with comprehension or they're on a basic level, they are beginning readers. So they may need help with their phonics or phonemic awareness, okay? So the sounds of those letters, all right? So being able to connect the identification of the letter with the sound of the, of the letter, then come on and holler at your girl. Go to abclearntutoring.com, click on their free reading assessment today, all right? Next, I am the executive director and founder of our nonprofit organization, ABC Read. Our mission is to develop and nurture a culture of literacy in Black and underserved communities. And we do this by making sure we get books that primarily represents Black people, culture, and experiences uh, into our communities. Because remember, we're serving our Black and underserved communities. These are the communities in which, especially with Black people first, where Black people have been denied the right to read, to learn. Uh, remember the saying that if you want to hide something from a Black person, then put it in a book, all right? Uh, so with all of that being said, we are trying to uh, dismantle and break down all of the things that was done to systematically keep Black people in a place 
to where they would not be able to read and educate, all right? Because remember, reading is always going to be linked to our, let me show the shirt, freedom, okay? Reading is freedom, all right? So remember that, okay? So, but that is uh, our mission with uh, ABC Read, all right? And we have dope reading events. We make sure that we're providing healthy food options as well. Check us out abcread.org and you can see all the different things that we've been doing and make sure that you donate we need donations we appreciate donations and your donations are tax deductible all right meaning what you can write them off all right bam and speaking of reading this freedom like the shirt the sweatshirt that i have on that i showed you all Go visit the readingisfreedom.store. That's right. This is my merch, my line that I came up with. That, that tagline, if you will, I turned that into a brand. So that's why you hear me say reading is freedom because that's exactly what it is. It's linked to your liberation. It's linked to your empowerment. It's linked to you being able to become self-sufficient, being able to get educated, learn about your history. Because when you are reading about your history, and I'm talking about black people, in particular first, then that's when you begin to understand what's going on in the system around us. You have to understand it. So this is why I said reading is freedom and we got dope sweatshirts as you see that I have on, shirts, we have mugs, we have bags and we're gonna be adding more stuff as well. And we also have shirts that have quotes by Malcolm X, Toni Morrison, Frederick Douglass, and we're going to be adding more as well, okay? So the, the store definitely is going to be expanding for sure. Reading is freedom.store. And uh, last but not least, um, of course, I want you all to subscribe to two YouTube channels, all right? So the first one is Reading is Freedom, all right? So that's my one where I have a plethora of read-alouds where you can choose from and it's for the whole family. And then I have the ABC Read YouTube channel, okay? So that's where we'll upload videos from our different events or just different things that is related to the nonprofit ABC Read. So please make sure that you subscribe, like, share, leave comments on both, all right? We welcome them all. And I want to tell you all, uh, the book that I've been reading, I actually just started this particular book, all right? This book. Marine, excuse me, he want to say Marine, Maroon Communities in South Carolina, Maroon, all right, and I'm going to show you the title, so for those of you who are able to see the video of this podcast, all right, this is what the book is looking like, get a screenshot, because you need this in your library, a documentary record, and it's edited by Timothy James Lockley, and it's talking about the maroon communities all right in particular in south carolina but they do talk about the maroon communities that were in the caribbean islands and in mexico as well maroon simply put these were our enslaved africans who escaped the plantation and they created their own communities in swamps in densely populated areas where you had all of that green greenery and all of the 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 um, you know the jungles you know and it was rough in there, but they said, you know what? We'll rather be here than be on that slave plantation, okay? So this is what our young people need to learn about. Our people fought back against slavery. They rebelled in every way possible. 
and the maroon communities is an example of that all right so please make sure you get a copy of that book and i want to leave you all with this quote and this quote is by dr carter g woodson it's in his book the miseducation of the negro and that quote says this when you control a man's thinking you do not have to worry about his actions you do not have to tell him not to stand here or go yonder he will find his proper place and will stay in it you do not need to send him to the back door he will go without being told in fact if there is no back door he will cut one for his special benefit his education makes it necessary this is dr carter g woodson all right so remember that and this is what the whole aspect of real reading talk is about us getting back into controlling our thinking we have to inundate our minds with that knowledge that was taken from us remember we have to remember because we were dismembered not just <laughs> figuratively either literally even physically all right check out the book the delectable negro okay we were dismembered and it started with the mind making us feel like that we were nothing period all right so this is why we see what we're seeing in our communities and this is what we have to learn about and this is why this is why i'm here this is why we have real reading talk this is why i got the reading is freedom merch okay on purpose all right abc read i'm the like i said abc learn tutoring all of that i have a reason for all of that linking all of that together because we will be free trust and believe all right, y'all, You, I thank you all for tuning in for another episode of Real Ready Talk. That was episode two. This is season three. And look out for other episodes where I have other guests as well, other Black authors as well, Black business owners, okay? So make sure that you uh, keep tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. This podcast will be uploaded to the Reading is Freedom YouTube channel. Thank you so much. My name is Miss Sation. This is Real Reading Talk. And make sure that you continue to implement at least 30 minutes a day in your reading. All right. Peace.